0: We're in a series called Back in the Groove. It's a two-part series this week and next week, or last week. You can listen to last week's if you want. I introduced the theme of this was a uh, record player. Have you guys ever seen one of these? Actually, I got to apologize to some of you younger generations. I read an article this week in a news magazine about the resurgence of vinyl record players. Now, I kind of knew about that a little bit. But I didn't know that there's actually a shortage of them. And when vinyl records started going out, when CDs were going in, in the early 90s in particular, some companies in Nashville bought all of the presses and stored them. Sounds like it's going to be a strategic investment because now there's not enough presses to make to meet the demands of records. So I get there's a resurgence in this. So some of you knew what I was talking about last week when I was making fun of you. Sorry about that should be a little more informed. We're getting back in the groove. The reason why I said that is sometimes in life we sort of are, kind of feel like we're a broken record in the sense that it's going, our lives are, are continuing, but we're sort of not experiencing what we would want out of life. And so it's kind of like a negative feedback loop. We get to a certain point and we kind of revert back. And so last week I talked about how we could find the rhythm of God's grace. This week I'm gonna talk about Living in the overflow. Have you guys heard of what some people describe as the flow state? So I I, uh, read a few comments about this. There's a few TEDx presentations by some people whose names I can't pronounce. I'm sorry. And I didn't even write them down because they're hard to spell. Um, But the flow state is a feeling where under the right conditions, you become fully immersed in whatever you're doing. You probably have experienced this in life. Your focus becomes even more intense, and it leads to sort of a sense of clarity and ecstasy. In sports, they call it being in the zone. When an athlete is in a flow state, they call it being in the zone. Kind of like they can't seem to do anything wrong, everything is going the right way, and there's this sense that you're almost carried along like a river flowing, overflow, or the flow state going through you. Now, what I learned about the flow state was a little surprising. Um, In life often, when, when I experience, this is my personal experience, when I experience a lot of challenges or difficulties that I'm facing or obstacles or problems, it can be fairly common for me to begin feeling overwhelmed. Anyone have that experience? I've had that experience. So when I thought about the flow state, I I sort of learned something that I didn't realize. Now, I'm gonna put a chart up there for you that describes different states we can be in. On one side is the challenges from low to high, on the other side is the abilities from low to high, and in particular, we have to believe we have the ability to meet it. What I was surprised by is that when you are in the flow, it isn't because you don't have few challenges, it's actually because you have a lot of challenges in life. It's just that you are particularly, the reason why there's sort of a bit of ecstasy is there's so much challenges and problems you're solving, things that you're overcoming, that it, it's sort of, you kind of get a little euphoric because you have the ability to meet every challenge. So you can see where overwhelmed would be sort of anxiety. The challenges are high and I just don't think I can handle it or I am not able to handle it. Sometimes we don't have the abilities, Sometimes we just don't believe we have the abilities and so we're in the anxious state versus one of the other states up there. So you could go study all about this. I'm not going to you you can go look it up and watch TEDx and all that stuff if you want to. But I think in life oftentimes why we aren't living in the groove, why we aren't experiencing I don't think you can live in the flow state or the zone all the time. But in this instance, I think what's better than living in the flow is living in the overflow. And why that's better is because it's God's supply and it's not ours. You know, when Steph Curry, who's my current favorite basketball player, goes off and he's in the zone, it really is his ability to overcome challenges while he scores 40 or 50 points in a game. In this instance in life, it really is God pouring into us that empowers us to to, to to fill the ch- I mean we have abilities too but it's really because he's pouring into us that we're able to overflow live out of the overflow in our lives we're going to look at a short passage of scripture in Genesis chapter twelve a story about a guy we call Abraham but his name at this point was Abram he he was renamed by God a few in the in the next couple of chapters right now he's known as Abraham I'll just call him Abe rather than Abraham or Abram. Because he's the same person. And what he experienced is God speaking to him, and I believe some of the, the things that God told him when he hit really his first conversation that's recorded between him and God in Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three, I think we can learn how we can live out of the overflow from God rather than being overwhelmed as we're facing challenges and difficulties. because let's just be honest your list of challenges and difficulties is not getting shorter. Neither is mine. They are either changing or it's getting longer, usually in life. Um, and so we need God's empowering to make it through, to really live out of the overflow. Here's what verse 1 says. The Lord said to Abe, Abraham Abram, okay, I was going to say Abe. So the Lord said to Abram, go from your land your relatives, your father's house to the land that I will show you. Just stop there and leave that verse up. So this is, just so you know, in case some of you are prone to anxiety or panic attacks, like I'm, I've never had a panic attack, but I have definitely know anxiety well. This is God saying, sell your house, sell your car, quit your job, have a yard sale, whatever you can fit in your car, get in it with your family, and go where I'm going to tell you to go. Who's up for it? I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not up for it. Um, I would be definitely in the anxious state on that chart, not the flow state on that chart. Here's why Abe was able to overcome that possibility. It's the first lesson. It's that trust that God has good intentions. When we learn to trust that God has good intentions toward us, that he is good to his core, when we trust he has good intentions for us, it enables us to make decisions that might allow us to live out of the overflow of his goodness rather than being suspicious of God's intentions or fearful of God's intentions. I'll just tell you, I'm a work in progress on this. Now, I have believed, like probably many of you have, if you grew up in the church or if you've been following God for any length of time, you probably believe, of course, if you gave me the Sunday school test, is God good and are his intentions good when he thinks about me, when he acts towards me? You probably will say yes. But what I've been learning over the past couple of years is that I cling to deeper doubts than my intellect. They're usually connected to how I feel. They're connected to my past experiences that have caused me at times embarrassingly to cling to doubts about God's goodness. It's why I often struggle with, if I'm really being honest with myself, of putting myself in a situation where I might get disappointed or hurt or left out or, worst of all, feel out of control. <clears throat> and so, because I'm not quite sure if God's going to be good in every way, and I know that I have my best interests and minds, I just sort of do it on my own. I've had to put in a lot of internal work. I'm continuing to do that on my stuff, getting help from other people to see it in ways I don't, including some professional counselors which have been really helpful for me. Guys, neither my life, nor your life will ever consistently move from being overwhelmed to living in the overflow of all that God is if we can't figure out how to believe and trust in the deepest part of who we are that God has good intentions toward us. And I'll tell you what, I know something about you, and you know something about me, and that is this, my actions will always out me when it comes to whether I'm trusting in God's goodness or not. How you live your life reflects whether you really believe that, whether I really believe that, whether I self-protect when God's asking me to step out in faith or not. Verse or John 10.10, 10, this is Jesus speaking now, the full revelation of God's good intentions toward people. He said this in John 10.10, 10, A thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Those are some of the things we're afraid of in life when we're not sure if things will go well, right? I'm going to lose something. Something's going to die. Something's going to get destroyed. Here's what Jesus said. I have come so that they may have life and that in abundance. Enough life to fill you up and overflow you into the people around you. That's what Jesus said. Those were his words. Verse 2, let's move on. Verse 2 of Genesis 12 says this, to God speaking to Abe again, I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So here's the second Lesson we can learn from Abe. First, trust that God has good intentions. Second, rely on God's limitless resources. Rely on God's limitless resources. So God says to Abraham, who's childless at this point, he's old at this point, he wants kids, his wife wants kids, rely on God's limitless resources. I will make you into a great nation. I've got enough to do that for you, Abraham. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, even though you're just a humble shepherd nomad in the middle of nowhere. We all know his name now. And I'm not only going to bless you, I'm going to make you a blessing. So this is the overflow again. Speaking of John 10.10, Jesus didn't just come to give life, you'll notice. He came to give life in abundance so that you'll be a blessing. Your deep down heart decisions, friends, about what you do in number one, and number two this morning, trust that God has good intentions, rely on God's limitless resources, will give you a mindset. One mindset is a scarcity mindset. You've probably heard this. It's pretty popular business and all that stuff. There's a scarcity mindset and there's an abundance mindset. The scarcity mindset is I have to watch out for myself to make sure I have enough because there might not be enough. The abundance mindset says I have enough, more than enough, and I'm going to focus on that. Now, applying that in the Christian faith, we think about God has more than enough and he's good and he's willing to share rather than me being worried about what I might not have or what I might lose. It really comes down to do I trust that God's going to be good and that he has lots and lots to share. Sometimes we don't realize that we're in this scarcity mindset. This happened to me in high school. I didn't realize it. Actually, I didn't realize it until I was reflecting on it. Um, I, I, my sophomore year was a good year in high school, but several of my good friends moved away, a little bit lonely, wasn't really sure where I was going to fit in. My junior year, I ended up making a whole ton of friends with people in the class below me. And so my senior year, I was really excited about life. I had lots of friends. I had lots of connections. However, my brother came to school my sophomore year, and what I didn't realize is I had a scarcity mindset when it came to friendship. And he sort of was like kind of becoming friends with my friends, and I didn't like it. It's because I was thinking there might not be enough friendship to go around for both of us, which is totally stupid when I say it out loud right now, but it kind of made sense when I was 17. That way of thinking can slip in without us noticing it, guys. I wasn't thinking I was thinking that way. It just kind of came out of my life. 2 Corinthians 9 this is a description of God's abundance. And God is able to make every grace, here's the word, overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. There's a lot of superlatives in that. Every, always, always, every, always overflow. He's got a lot. And he's willing to share with us. Here's the last verse we're going to cover this morning. Verse 3. I will bless you, Genesis 12, 3. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And here's the part we're going to focus on. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God's plan for Abram, for Abe, and God's plan for us is that we would be God's partner to bless others. Partner with God to bless others. Do you and I really believe that God has good intentions and that his resources are limitless? If so, it would be very easy to partner with God to bless others. And that's what this book is really all about that we were wanting our groups to go through. BLESS stands for begin with prayer, listen. I got a chance to do that a week or so ago. I was out for breakfast I I, I spend a couple of hours, usually it's Thursday mornings, and I I invest in filling my soul up. I spend time in prayer, I spend time in the Word, I read books that are enriching to my life. I was reading a book, and my waitress asked, What are you reading? And I said, The book title is, Are You Really Okay? I'm reading it because I'm not really okay, at least not all the time. And she looks at me and says, I need that. (laughs) Can I sit down? So usually on those mornings, I kind of go places where I don't know people because I kind of don't want to talk to people. I'm just being honest. However, because I've been focused on this, I realized I might have opportunities that come up when I'm not really anticipating it. And so I gave the kind waitress about six or seven minutes of my time. She shared a little bit of the challenges in her life, why she could use that book, talked about it a little bit didn't have a chance to pray for her she had other tables and she zipped away. But then she came back with a notepad. What's the name of that book? What's the title? I want to go buy it. She wrote it down and she left. It was like five minutes of my life. But honestly, usually, I'm focused on scarcity. That's five minutes that I don't get for myself. Oftentimes, that's the case. God wants to partner with us to bless others. So it's begin with prayer, listen, eat, share your time food, community with other people, serve, share your story, the story how God has changed you with other people. That's the whole strategy. It's really easy. And we really want everyone here, everyone in our church to understand it and learn how they could live it out as a way to share of God, the abundance of God's goodness that he's given to you. So today is Family Worship Sunday, guys, and this all connects with what we celebrate when we share communion, something else that we share even like referring it to that way, that we share in this together because it's really Jesus' abundance that's being shared with us. John 10, 10 says, I've come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. The next verse says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He offered his life for us. He allowed his body to be broken, which is symbolized by the bread that's broken. He offered his blood Which is symbolized by the juice that we drink, so that we could share in His abundance. He laid His life down for you and for I. We're going to share communion here this morning, and I'll pray. And we just allow you guys in the front to come on up. You can come to either table, whichever one has the shortest line. Um, Not that you're worried about your time. We know there's plenty of time, but just whenever line is you know you want to go to, Um, and they're a little tricky to open. But I'm sure you'll figure it out. Let's pray and then we'll share this meal that reflects the abundance of Jesus. We'll come up and sing a song after that. Lord, thanks that you're the God who has more than enough and you're offering it to us. You're willing to share of your goodness, of your abundance. You want to partner with us to spread more of your abundant love to other people. Thanks that you expressed it so profoundly and offered it to us all as we remember your broken body and your shed blood this morning. In your name we pray.